0: From the PSIASI AASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and tonight, part two of Teaching Family Lessons with Brian Smith. Brian, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me uh, another time, George.
0: Well, Brian, this is such a great topic. Uh, We are actually going to do a part three with you and...
1: And and Alex Alex Smith, my wife, who's also a PSA Ed staff member,
0: which we thought would be great to actually have a family talking about teaching families.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to do it.
0: Well, so Brian, at the end of our of part one, we actually were talking about making that plan for going into your family lesson, and then what happens when that plan goes awry. So I'd really like to focus on how we make the plan. And then what things we can do when the plan, uh, you know, doesn't quite work out the way we were hoping.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, part of that, uh, coming up with that between you and I in our discussion before the last, the first podcast, um, you know, we talked about our best case scenarios and not all resorts have, um, Provide pros with the information, the background information, right for Correct. for their their guests that they have. Uh, but if you do work at, at a resort that does, there's quite a bit of uh, of decisions and actions that you can take before you ever hit the slope that can can help set you up for success. And obviously, you know, if you have the ability to have direct communication, whether it's via email, preferably uh, over the phone, um, then I would encourage all pros to reach out to your guests, find out when they're coming into the resort town. How does that apply to a nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock start? you know, are they I have clients who show up at Aspen and they get in at like midnight and they're just you know, they're stoked. They want to get out on the hill and they demand to meet at like nine o'clock and, and sometimes it can backfire, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Plus where are they coming from? You know, they're sea level and they're at altitude and boom, right out on the mountain.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Time changes the whole nine yards. Yep. So this is what I recommend. You you, you you say to yourself, you know, what what are you know the top three to five questions that I could ask my guest on the phone that would set me up for success? And if we have children involved, some of those questions are going to be h uh, hubbed around the needs for 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 the children as well. Um, finding out just all your basic things that you would, you know that you generally would do even w- with a walk-up lesson. You know, when have you been skiing? How long has it been? Last time you were here, where did you ski? And in, in all of these things. The The difference is when we do it the night before or we do it the week before, we have, the pro has some time to marinate in the response from the, the pro, uh, the guest rather, and really start to develop a sense of what's what the people are about, and get a get a jump on it, sort of speak. you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you want to write this stuff down when you when when I call people ahead of time who I haven't skied with, uh, or maybe it's been a while, I definitely want to have a notepad. I want to take some copious notes. I want to, you know, if it's people I, I've skied with, but it's been a couple of years, you want to find out, you know, anything like um, children grow, you know, find out about what's going on. What's uh, Tom up to? Is he, you know, what's he doing with sports these days? It's been two seasons since I skied with him. You know, what's going on with his life outside of skiing. And when you ask so the the parents some of these questions right you're gonna get a lot of information that's going to be useful in the future down the road
0: and gosh brian i'm thinking you know two years uh gosh you know brian the last time i skied with you well i i've put on about 15 pounds since then <laughs> or. Yeah. I I blew out my knee or something, you know, I got injured doing whatever. And a lot can change in two years.
1: Exactly. And, you know, science and statistics have have taught us that, you know, the, 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 the retention of movements and patterns of movements with skiing is much slower when folks ski 14 days a year as opposed to 40 days a year, right? So, uh, you know, you're going to want to be checking in and and the more investigative questions and conversations you can have with your guests before they arrive and you take notes with those, you can start to use that information to develop a strategy for how you're going to tackle that first day. Now, with that being said... There are times I've done this myself and, and I've seen and, and I've had conversation with pros who have I've run into in the locker room. Who, How'd your day go? I oh, was super frustrating. You know, I skied with this one family, you know, earlier in the year in December. It's now March and they're back out here and it just didn't go the way I had planned. And when I dig a little deeper, often there's times where the pros, I said, well, you know, what was your strategy? Like, what was your your plan? And how did you come about your plan? Well, you know, uh, last time we skied together, we were skiing this trail, that trail. We were working on X, Y, and Z. Uh, This time when they came out, it seemed like things didn't quite go the way I had hoped they planned. And what I've found out is if you are too tight, to a strategy and you're too tight to a plan and you don't allow for some variance and wiggle room,
0: you can get caught off guard. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, I do.
1: (laughs) Where you have one intention and ideal versus real don't line up and that, uh, that can set you up for, you know, like for example, um, I skied with a family where, one of the family members was really starting to develop the ability to regulate the ski-snow interaction in moguls, and and they were able to start to flex out of the femur into the hip and their lower legs and their ankles and keep their upper body stable, and it really was working good, and I didn't really get into accuracy with pole use, George, Mm -hmm. because it was a late-blooming development at the end of a week's worth of skiing, or no, a couple days worth of skiing. So I left it alone. And when I skied with these folks two months later, I remembered where things left off. And I had this real tight vision in my mind, where, wow, you know what? I'm going to get with this person, and I'm going to just add that pole plant to that good stuff we had from a month ago. Well... That didn't work out. <laughs> and, 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 and when I got into the skiing, the conditions changed. The conditions were totally different than it was a month earlier. It was a little bit of uh, sun melt and frozen snow. So it was harder. Uh, there was braciness. There wasn't the ability to allow the body to relax and absorb things. So the whole idea of wanting to just go for the pole plant, I, I, it was just shot out of the water. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you have. You've asked mom and dad, what are your goals? What do you want out of the three days, the two days, the five days with me? What do you want for your children? How many children are you? know?" There's a lot of moving parts with family privates. And the more information in a nutshell you get before you get on snow, the more you can start to assimilate and start to catalog, uh, catalog that information because you're going to use it to your advantage down the road. It's, it's called leverage, and it's uh, – it's, you know, like part of the people skills, you know, developing some leverage and being able to, you know, um, identify and manage the, uh, emotions and the behaviors and other people and see things. And you're going to use strengths and, and you're going to leverage some of those strengths a little later on in the lesson to, to meet the, your needs and, and meet your goals. But, um, We definitely want to have a strategy, a mindset. We want to, what fills up the strategy is what answers you are given when you ask um, important questions. You know, you want to set yourself up for active listening. Well, you got to ask very, uh, some open-ended questions, some closed-ended questions, back and forth with those. So you can start to paint a picture of what the family wants. And then you do your best to, you know, put together a plan, meet those folks, get on the hill, and, and roll with it. And not every time do we hit it out of the park, right?
0: Right. And you know, you, <laughs> listening to you here, i'm I'm really it's triggering in my head that, we really need to make this about the student and it's very easy for us oh my gosh my student was skiing the bump so well last time I'm going to pick it up with the pole plants and you know carry on where we were but that's almost about ourselves because we we see that in our mind of what the student we know they can do it but if they're not right there that's going to be really disappointing for us which I would think the student would really feed off of
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, uh, when you, when you're geared up to take people in one direction and then it, it, they either some emotional trigger has happened or physical or technical thing is happening and they're skiing where they're not willing and ready to go there. Um, you got to recognize where those two cross, uh, crossroads, paths cross and you've got to say to yourself, okay, hold on. I know that in a perfect world, this is what would, w- we could do right now, but really what needs to happen is we got to revisit and go and take two steps back, iron out what, you know, reflect upon what the the last time we skied together, try to draw some imagery, try to draw some verbal response in that reflection process with the student, right? And then turn around and see if that can get you, you know, it may take you a little bit around the corner, but eventually you're going to end up getting to where you ultimately wanted to be, but you have to be willing to, uh, adjust and and have some variance and some tolerance in, in your plan. That flexibility
0: Uh, sounds easy, but it's not.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. And, and, and there's some apprehension. I, I, I know when I, and if I get an email from my coordinator that says, hey, we have, you know, a private lesson for you, Brian, and, you know, it's whatever, a uh, 56-year-old adult male skis 20 times a year, wants to get some steep going, well, that sounds pretty ideal, right? I yeah. mean, it's like, you know, this is going to be great. I'm going to go ski some steep terrain. I'm going to work towards that. And it's it, – and, and I right away, I'm comfortable – My anxiety level is like almost nil. It's like one person and me in the hills and steeps. This is, this is my background, right? This is, this is, I'm good at this. I've got this. Well, that's a different situation than when you get a call from your coordinator and they're like, well, we have a family of five, right? And they all want to, they're all intermediate skiers. Uh, The goal, uh, the father says the goal is to get the, children into some black diamonds where he's skiing and or his wife into black diamonds or vice versa get the dad into bumps because the mom already skis bumps right I'm
0: sorry I I can't respond because I'm laughing
1: (laughs) because pros uh, you know right away when you you're like okay I've got a I've got four days with five completely different individuals that I have to manage as one group for the five days. Just think of that. That's a much – for a newer instructor, that could be a daunting task. Like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to juggle all these balls, keep everybody safe, and and provide an exceptional experience where they want to come back? And I think what we have to be honest about with family privates is, one – is the desire to meet each individual needs is very great but you don't want it to force you into a situation where you feel pressured to give everything you can to each person as soon as you can do you know what i mean by that
0: yes and very well stated
1: you want you, you, you got to say to yourself what is my what is my length of time? I have five people. Everybody can ski intermediate, let's say up to maybe an intro black diamond. Okay, I have five days. Take a deep breath. Remind yourself what I'm speaking to now, George, is your managing your own emotions. And managing yourself, having self-awareness in yourself as a pro. Because if we don't do that, right, if we don't recognize that, wow, the first day I'm out with a family of five, I get nervous. I get, you know, maybe you're somebody who gets a little apprehensive because there's so many moving parts. And until the wheels all start to spin, your way of managing that nervousness is to just Boom, give the entire teaching manual to the family all at once because you feel like you need to check the box off for the guest needs, right? Right. Well, error on the side of patience and error on the side of taking your time and just get out, cover the basic needs on the first day. Do they have the right equipment? Do they have the right clothing? Are they appropriate? Have they, what's their energy level? What's their time zone they're coming from? Use Maslow's hierarchy of need and hit all the base components on that first day and just get the family out safely and get moving. You know what I mean? Yes. As you do that, you can take that first day I mean, you can, if, if you're doing like a two day or three day or anything more than three days, that first half of the first day ending, or the whole first day, you know, you can spend just enjoying the environment, getting acclimated to the mountains, back off on the technical stuff, you know, keep your pointers simple, keep it clear. Keep people moving, keep it safe, and get people comfortable with the mountain environment. There's going to be plenty of opportunity where you can turn to one individual and focus a concept or have them do something that's specific to them. And then on the next run, you can do that with somebody else in the family. You can pair people up who have like, kind, and quality skill sets so that you're killing two birds with one stone. But you definitely you want to exercise some patience and you want to tell yourself, don't be in a hurry to be to, to teach everything right away. Um, moms and dads are very good at saying what each children needs. Very rarely have I ever met a parent who said to me, yeah, I really don't know what he needs, you know.
0: That's a very good point. (laughs) He's used
1: to the lesson. Just take him out and go skiing. I really have no idea. That's generally not the case. You know, skiing is a pricey sport. There's an investment made there by parents. They're pretty darn sure that, you know, when they pay for this type of activity, that they're going to, you know, you can bet that they're going to say, look, you know, I want my child to learn how to carve. I want them to learn how to ski in powder, right? We're in Colorado or wherever, or maybe you're at a resort where the snow is a little different. you know my, I want my my kids to be able I want myself to be able to manage hard snow, you know, icy snow. whatever it is, you're going into that lesson, you're gonna have a pretty good idea of, okay, the overall goal, that I got from the family, I got all that before we ever hit the snow. Now, you've got to pace things. You've got to spend that first day developing the relationship. Right? Yes. If, if you throw people, if you try to tick off all the boxes and meet everybody's needs on that first day, you're going to overload, you're going to set yourself up for too much, too soon, too much information, too soon, just ski, just get on the lift, change it up, ride up with different combinations of people in the family, make a game out of riding the lift, you know, and, and when you're on the lift, that's the time to ask those questions that are, they're not random, right? A good pro, a good, a good instructor, there's a reason why you ask certain questions, right? Oh, exactly. You know,
0: you want you you want to do some investigation and that first
1: day, set yourself up for success. Don't abandon your plan, but you know, get out there, develop the trust, connect, try to engage with your students, have two-way communication that is engaging, ask questions that require some response from the people in the family, so you can start to create dialogues as individuals and dialogue to the entire group.
0: So Brian, I would love for you to touch on, before we conclude, what happens? I work at a a local resort. Uh, People aren't coming up there to stay for a week. I've got a family for two hours. And what you've been saying, though, has been making me think, well, again, I don't want to throw the whole book at them. I want to keep it simple and efficient.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Keep it simple. Keep it efficient. Ask yourself, if I'm skiing with the family... What is the macro goal? What is the larger family outcome? If it's a half-day private with a family and you're at a smaller resort or it's two hours, you're not going to have a ton of time to dig deep in the technical side of things, right? Right. But what you can do is you can create some type of fun experience where you, let's say the family doesn't have a lot of experience skiing trees, right? You can go to a low angle tree tree run. You can manage the group safely through the environment. Um, Safety being, of course, the number one priority. And you can achieve an outstanding goal just through a game activity, a place that you ski, And then there's going to be opportunities in that two hours where there's little tidbits of advice, you know, hey, do a forward side slip, rock back and forth on your skis a little bit to get in and out of these tighter trees and, you know, do a step turn here or there and show them how to, you know, brace an edge and step with the other ski. Um, and keep it simple for sure, um. And, and not get too specific on, on a ton of stuff. You know, the smaller resorts, you know, a lot of times you don't know the anything about the guests. So the ability to develop trust takes place super fast, right? Exactly. You you, you, you just, hi, how are you? Who are you? What do you guys do? Oh, you're from Denver or wherever you're from, uh, Minneapolis. And, you know, you you don't have a lot of time and you want to, you want to get out there. You want to move safely and you want to, you want to move and you want to, and that's the most important thing is if it's only two hours, err on the side of being comfortable with your silence and ski. And just keep moving appropriately. Um, Always know that things don't always go right. You know, sometimes, you know, the stuff hits the proverbial fan, right, George?
0: (laughs) Yes, it does.
1: And, and, And just remember... You Most pros, we spend a lot of our time managing the motions and the behaviors of multiple people in one group. That's a heavy task. But a lot of times what we fail to do is is to take an inward perspective of ourselves and reflect on how we are managing our emotions, right? Because we're all good as pros. I mean, let's face it. If everybody's going and the family's having fun and it's a good ski day – and everybody goes in for lunch, and it's a great morning, and and, and, you're, and you've gotten a little bit of one-on-one with each family member, yet you're moving as a group. And then you come out from lunch, and all the marbles just crash all over the floor. You have to know how you're going to handle that yourself because it's easy to get flustered. It's easy to start reiterating technical jargon to start, you know, to, to thinking that, my gosh, what happened here? The kids aren't skiing as good, or mom is, you know, not into this, or dad's decided that, you know, he's not interested anymore, and there's an argument between him and one of the children, and the dynamics are going all over the place. Keep your calm, keep your cool, stay calm, and stay moving. At the very least if things are starting to get awry ask yourself okay what what do i need here what's the base need that this family needs right now hey gang we're you know it's after lunch you know everybody gets a little bit tired after they eat let's not let's not discuss anything about like what we worked on this morning Let's just start the afternoon out with a top-to-bottom run with the appropriate amount of stops that we need to keep it safe and just take the family skiing again, much like the first run of the day. That buys you time while you're skiing with the family to say to yourself, okay, I'm sensing the energy and the dynamics is not the same here. Things are getting a little squirrely, whether it's the dynamics with children or with parents. At least it buys you time to start to make an adjustment in your plan, right? Yes. And now you can get on the lift and go, okay, I'm thinking this is day one. You guys are really tired. What I would do is I would say to myself, which one of the parents am I most closely aligned with as far as trust? Maybe it's the dad or maybe it's the mom. And and if and if things are starting to go awry, Get on the lift and say, hey, I'm starting to sense that, you know, people's energy and people's attention are getting a little bit uh, lost here. So I have some suggestions or say, what would you like us to do, mom or dad? Because if you bring that up with them, chances are they recognize the change in the dynamics as well. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So lean on them and say, "Look, you know, I'm sensing things. The kids are getting a little, you know, whirly here. It's it's getting to be 1.30 in the afternoon. Let's, you know, let's not push this. You know, let's let's end on a good note. So, you know, your your request to go ski more bumps this afternoon, I'm going to say let's err on the side of not doing that. So the whole family unit goes off the hill positive, and we'll pick up that ball and we'll roll with it tomorrow. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, and you've said the word pro a few times throughout this podcast, which we are. And what you're saying is be professional.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't feel pressured that just because the dynamics in the group, like it, you don't have that harmonious, harmonious synergy that you had in the morning, is not there in the afternoon. Don't panic. You know, it's just stay calm. And as long as you ski safely and you stay moving you can't always you can't go wrong with, with,
0: with moving <laughs>
1: and, and and it buys you time oftentimes i've skied out in front of some folks and go wow this has gone in a direction i wasn't prepared for okay let me let's just ski around here let me get some time to think about how i want to handle this maybe i'm going to ask some questions when i get on the lift you know and and bring the parents into the, or the children at they you know, if you're able to mm-hmm. interact with the children, you get on the lift with the two or three kids and say, Hey guys, I noticed you guys, the three of you are kind of going in different directions. And it seems like you guys are, uh, you know, pooping out on me or whatever it is and get their feedback, you know, maybe they'll tell you, well, you know, you taught us some good things in the morning. We just want to go practice it. Boom. There you go. Just go move.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound like a bad thing to do at all. Let's go ski. No, no, it doesn't because, you you know, being able to stay cool
1: and level-headed when things go wrong is definitely takes a level of professionalism and experience to do that, but... I've seen level one instructors out on the hill managing things in a beginning, a beginner level lesson where things are looking good and the first couple hours it's going good. And then they decide to take, you know, they decide to take the surface lift to the top, right? Yep. And Maybe a maybe hundred yards up the hill or less. And all of a sudden, everything goes all over the place. <laughs> one person's on the ground, two people are taken off straight line. And, you know, and I've seen level one instructors manage that, you know, they've seen them gather everybody up together and, you know, and 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 talk to everybody say, all right, look, you know, you know what, we're not going to go back up onto that far up. We're going to stay where we were earlier in the lesson because you guys are doing much better that way. And there's plenty of ways to manage things when it goes wrong managing your own emotions and the way you respond to things going wrong is a very important thing especially when it comes to safety things what happens when somebody gets hurt in your group you got to stay level headed you know you got to mm-hmm. you got to be professional you got to keep everybody safe you got to contact patrol and 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 much like with that you know It doesn't have to be an injury. It could just be one person in the family has decided to cop an attitude and it throws the whole family into a tailspin. You need to figure out how to manage that, whether it's to get with that one person and ride alone and have a conversation and just check in with them or get some advice on mom on how to maybe handle that 13-year-old attitude. You know what I mean? Yes. There's a lot of moving parts for sure, and when things go wrong, stay calm, buy yourself some time, step back and reevaluate the original strategy that you had, and ask yourself, okay, if I make this subtle adjustment, I think we can get off the hill in in a positive light here, you know?
0: Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge with us on this. I cannot wait for part three. What are we going to be talking about with Alex?
1: uh well we're going to talk a little bit more um i'd like to talk a little bit more about uh you know when you're out with families and you know developing um now i'm making the assumption that you know we're, we're working with families that are coming for a day or two or more or, or a whole at the very least a whole, an entire day but uh, i'd like to talk about you know, some of the kid aspects, right? Dealing with the children. Moms and dads have a tendency to go along for the ride, and, and they tend, most parents put their children out there first, like the need, like, I, this is a family private, Brian, but I really want you to focus on my children. I've heard that a hundred times in my career. Yes. This is a family lesson. This is great. I, I I could take a few pointers, but I really want you to focus on the kids and um, I think when we we do the next podcast, we should talk a little bit about, you know meeting those needs for the for kids and specifically managing the age difference, the physical, emotional difference, the cognitive differences in those big age gaps that families have. And put, put a little thought into some some tips and some tactics for when you have a family that has a ripping five-year-old, but you also have a ripping 16-year-old and somewhere in the middle you've got a 10-year-old, those are three very different dynamics that need to be able to work together in order for to be a positive experience.
0: I am looking forward to this, Brian. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank
1: you, George. I appreciate it very much
0: team member Brian Smith joining us on First Chair. Thanks so much for listening. From the Safer at Home studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.